Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every Monday with a new story about your world. Today's guest is my friend Jessica Gonzalez Rojas, the Executive Director of the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health, the only reproductive justice organization that specifically works to advance reproductive health and rights for Latinas. I want to thank all of you for following Jesse Garcia Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the show, visit jessegarciashow.com. To all our listeners in the D.C. area, you're invited to Azúcar, a celebration of Afro-Latino music, taking place this Sunday, February 18th from 5 to 9 p.m. at Town Dance Boutique, located at 2009 8th Street Northwest, Washington. The cover charge will be a $10 donation with proceeds benefiting the Latino GLBT History Project and LULAC Landis Scholarships benefiting Latino scholars in Washington, D.C. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day on the 14th, especially those single people out there like me. And remember, keep your head held high the following morning on the way home during your walk of shame. Those chocolates and strawberries were so worth it. And here's your weekly news update. This past weekend, the 23rd Winter Olympics kicked off in South Korea. In less than three weeks, a total of 102 events will bring athletes from 92 nations together, including the United States, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Spain, Mexico, and Puerto Rico. The United States boasts the largest delegation at the Olympics, with 244 athletes, which include 135 men and 109 women. According to NBC News, only three Latinos qualified for Team USA. Speed skater Jonathan Garcia from the Houston suburb of Katy, Texas, joins Bob Sledder's Luis Moreira from Somerville, Massachusetts, and Carlo Valdez of Newport Beach, California. We wish them the best of luck and thank them for breaking the stereotype that Latinos are only made for the Summer Olympics. According to the Center for Reproductive Rights, the U.S. spends at least twice as much per capita on healthcare than almost every other Western industrialized country, but has some of the widest disparities in health outcomes. Racial disparities are particularly pronounced in reproductive and sexual health. Women of color fare worse than white women in every aspect of reproductive health. Low-income Latinas are nearly twice as likely as low-income white women to have an unintended pregnancy. African-American women and Latinas account for 80% of reported female HIV-AIDS diagnoses, even though they represent only 25% of the U.S. female population. In a recent National Institute of Health study published in 2016 called Health Disparity Among Latina Women, Authors Karen Baz and Kelly Massey found that Latinas are less likely to receive regular mammograms and pap tests. They also found that Latina women are more likely to be uninsured than non-Latina women. Lack of information, fear of results, embarrassment of being touched, access to health care, and language issues compound the problems Latinas deal with before they walk into an examination room to seek medical attention. 
one person working to change those experiences and start having honest conversations in English and Spanish is Jessica Gonzalez Rojas of the Latina Institute. You can say Jessica is our nation's promotora. Like those neighborhood ladies in the barrio that promote health information and social services door to door, Jessica spends her days talking about women's issues in a culture heavily influenced by machismo attitudes and Catholicism. I want to welcome to the podcast Jessica Gonzalez Rojas, a longtime friend who I really admire. I'm going to quickly share the story on how we met. I was on a trip to D.C. in my hotel room watching C-SPAN, and I came across this badass Latina who was talking about reproductive rights and the need for Latinos to work alongside the LGBT community, something that I had been advocating for for years. And I was so moved that I looked up to you. I looked for you that evening and found you on the Internet, emailed you. And among the thousands of protests, hateful emails you received that night for speaking about reproductive rights and abortion, access to abortion, you found my hello. Yes, I, I thank you, Jesse, for having me on your show. I uh, I remember that email so distinctly because I was getting uh, hate mail, and it was one after another, and some of them were really egregious that start off with, hi, sweetheart, and then you open it, and then it was just a barrage of hateful, hateful words, and, and you know, I was almost, like, at my end, and then I got yours, and it was so warm and amazing, and I remember writing back and forth, yeah. and then uh, actually meeting you at the, cre- yes, at the Creating Change Conference, and I remember going to a panel that you spoke on, and I, and I heard Jesse Garcia, I'm like, I know that name, <laughs> and anyway, it was just wonderful to connect, and it's now just, to be here with you. You work in a very, very tough field, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a very important field. Mm-hmm. In reproductive justice yep. in the Latino community. Yep. Can you tell us what does reproductive uh, health encompass mm-hmm. and what is the work of the Latina Institute? Yes. So the National Latina Institute's mission is to build Latina power to advance the human right, and those every word is very important here, yeah. the human right to reproductive health, dignity, and justice. Um, we elevate Latina leaders. We mobilize our families and communities. We catalyze policy change, and we shift the cultural narrative um, because we know there's a lot of stereotypes, uh, a lot of stigma that exists about ourselves, our bodies, our decisions, our ability to parent or not, or have babies or not. Um, and what we want to do is really shift that narrative, making sure it's by us for us, um, and and really build power around that, and really have folks understand their rights, their body, their ability to make decisions, and advance a narrative that supports those. Right? We we work at the full spectrum of ensuring that people have all the tools and information and education to make decisions about whether or not to create a family and then be able to create the family they wish to create. And that includes LGBTQ communities, includes undocumented people, it includes all all folks, right? But we really want to make sure that our work is very centered in the real lived experiences of our communities. Awesome. Now, do you have any statistics? I mean, how many Latinas out there have access to quality reproductive health care? So our community actually remains the highest um, uninsured rate. Uh, We have the highest uninsured rate in the country, even despite the gains that were made through the Affordable Care Act under President Obama. um, We still see about uh, about one in five Latinas still lack 
access to health insurance. Um, and then that number gets actually more egregious as we look at those who are, are not citizens and those who are low income. Um, so I, I think uh, low income uh, immigrant women of reproductive age, 15 to 44 or so, uh, about 40% lack access to health insurance. And that's just unjust, right? We see access to health care as a human right and no one should go without health care. Because then they end up in the hospital yes. emergency room yes. where it costs more to treat if they would have gotten preventive care. Exactly, exactly. So. And, you know, we're fighting to make sure that all people can ac access to health care because as an immigrant, many, as an undocumented person, the, there's a lot of barriers to health care. And it's, it's just like a patchwork of systems of, of trying to access different doctors and maybe their children are insured, but, they, but they're not. Um, and we really w are working to eliminate those barriers and ensure everyone has that uh, human right and, and the dignity to get health care. Yeah. What's on the 2018 agenda for Latina Institute? So we are in, uh, we are fighting the bad stuff <laughs> while still trying to advance the good stuff. So uh, what that means is that the Trump administration has made our lives very challenging. Um, he's attacked us on all fronts, attacked our access to reproductive health care, particularly abortion care, um, has attacked immigrants and their ability to be, live, and grow and thrive in this country, um, and has attacked just the fundamental ability to access health care. Um, he's really chipped away at the Affordable Care Act by removing the um, mandatory, you know, participation. Um, and, you know, what we're seeing with DACA uh, and, and young immigrants is that they're, you know, kind of, we don't, we want to make sure that they're not I'm going to the shadows, that we want to ensure that our community is healthy. So Latina Institute works at the intersections of all that, right? And then you bring in LGBTQ communities. I was about to ask yeah. you that. Why yeah. do you think it's important to, if it's a Latina, to include the LGBT community yes. and immigrant community? Yes. Um, our population is so diverse. We, you know, we can't separate our sexuality from our gender identity, from our immigration status, from our identity perhaps as a mother or as a sister mm -hmm. <laughs> or as, you know, a, a human being. So what we find is that um, we want to ensure that we do the work at bringing their whole selves, um, and that there's a lot of alignment around these movements. So reproductive justice is not just about accessing healthcare or or rights, but it's around um, bringing uh, and, and advancing a, uh, a society by which all people have social, political, and economic power, right? So reproductive justice is about power and, you know, ensuring that everyone has a voice and that we're creating the conditions for everyone to thrive in this country. Your sexual identity or gender, your gender identity or sexual orientation is really critical to who you are. And no one should be denied health care. We know the trans community, and particularly trans Latinas who are undocumented, often live in the shadows, and they need access to health care. It's vital, right? There's a lot of alignment around sexual freedom and autonomy and dignity that that is, is our shared values amongst these movements, and we sit at the intersections of that. So we make sure that we're fighting so that a trans Latino man can get access to a pap smear, right? Mm -hmm. Because they are actually at risk for cervical cancer. Yes. And if there's doctors who are being discriminatory towards them, either because of their you know, race or their ethnicity or the language that they speak or their, their gender identity, right? 
that's not just, right? That's not a human right. So we want to make sure that we're fighting to ensure everyone can have access to the health care that they need despite their gender identity, sexual orientation, immigration status. What is your website and what can individuals find on your website to help empower themselves when they're talking to their legislature? and congressman. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we do encourage folks to take action and um, and be bold and speak to the members of Congress, speak to the, the senators, their local reps, right? It like, Reproductive justice, like again, is about power and leveraging that power to create the world we want to see. So our website is www.latinainstitute.org. Um, we have an in Espanol section too. And then we have lots of social media. So at uh, NLIRH, which is our Twitter um, backslash NLRH, NLIRH um, for Facebook. Uh, And those are really great ways to kind of keep updated on our work. And um, there's lots of tools, there's take actions, there's uh, fact sheets on our and issues. you're based in New York City, uh, We are based in New York City, but we have offices in um, Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., uh, Miami, uh, Dade County, mm-hmm. and South Texas. So, like, oh, South Texas. Yes, so Where we're in the I'm Rio from. Grande Valley. Yes. Brownsville, yeah. Oh, yes, we have a, ba- a base in Brownsville. Really? A really oh, active, great, amazing Jessica. group of uh, poderosas. It's amazing. Awesome. Do yes. you have some, like, promotoras that go out into yes. the houses to talk about mm-hmm. these issues? Yes. Um, some of the things that we learned is that because places like Texas often don't have very comprehensive sexuality education uh, for the, <laughs> for those in high school, right? There's a lot of um, things that we haven't even learned about our own bodies. So we, uh, many of our activists are actually former promotoras, so they're all sort of trained in sexual health, and, and they literally go into people's homes, we do like cafecitos, where we talk about our bodies and we talk about our health, and, and we create that safe space for folks to ask questions. I mean, there are women who have children who don't actually don't understand the reproductive system and what that means, um, and, and how to care for it, right, fully. Uh, so it's really important because again we're not getting the information. It's and not we're not that, having that important we're discussions. not having these discussions. Like yeah, there's, there's mothers a lot of stigma. are not telling their daughters mm-hmm. how the birds and the bees because yes. it's just a taboo subject. It's taboo, and the mothers aren't often equipped with that information, right? Yes, my so, mom sat me down. I must have been like seventeen. Uh-huh. <laughs> a senior in high school had me at the table, and she's like. Uh, the birds and the bees. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, my friend Cindy Gonzalez already told me all about it. <laughs> She's like, okay, we're good. <laughs> we're good then. Yeah. And no, yeah. but luckily, Planned Parenthood, yeah. while it was still open in no. Brazil, mm. had a teen, te- teen theater yes. group. Yes. Uh-huh. And I was able to go to that teen theater group, learn about yes. the very important ways mm-hmm. uh, to prevent HIV yes. AIDS, which mm-hmm. was important back in 1989 mm-hmm. to know this because this was at the height of the epidemic. Yes. And me coming mm-hmm. out as a gay man two mm-hmm. years later, yeah. it gave me the keys mm-hmm. of basically staying healthy all these yes. years Yes. because I was given the information yes. so early. Yes, yeah. So this is why programs like yours are so important. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and and, and again, your mom probably didn't really know how to talk about it, right? Because exactly. she never learned, right? So it's it's systemic. It's not, you know, 
stigma exists often because there's not that space there's not that education that they've gotten so it sort of perpetuates but we're here to break that cycle and and create the spaces the safe spaces talk about everything women who would never support abortion support abortion because they might say oh i don't believe it's something i would do but doesn't i I shouldn't make that decision about someone else that's a very really important yeah. yeah a really important conversation that needs to be had and 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 humanizing those stories are really really important in our community well, I want to yeah. thank you so much, Jessica. I know you're very busy. With <laughs> but again, what is your website? Yes, it's uh, www.latinainstitute.org.